Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, it's Matt Bovee from It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. This NFL offseason, we can fit 25 hours in a day, and that's because of podcasts that make you more productive. When you're folding laundry, paying bills, making omelets, or any other tasks that you've got to get done, listen while you work. Do your chores and be entertained all at the same time. It's all about the bills, the news, insight, analysis, and of course, some jokes too on demand. So it fits into your busy schedule. Follow the It's Always Game Day in Buffalo podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Well, our first foray into the video portion of It's Always Game Day in Buffalo seemed to be pretty successful. Sal Capaccio, Matt Bove, in case you missed it. It's over at uh, my YouTube page. It's also just kind of living over in the social media space. It was pretty cool to see your face and allow everybody else to do the same thing, Matt. I didn't even know what you looked like up until a couple of days ago when we did our first video portion. We had never met in person, so it was good to finally see what Sal Capaccio looks like. <laughs> I think that's pretty much a lie, right? I mean, I, it's I, very I much a lie. That, right? Okay, it's very good. much I, a lie. I want everybody to know we, uh, Matt and I, uh, we've been doing this for a year now, but now we're not just on audio and on video, and we really appreciate it. And that's a a great time to welcome in our uh, our guest here. We have a very special guest. We're going to welcome in to it's always game day in Buffalo, Brian Baldinger. You know Baldy. I mean, he's all over Odyssey platforms everywhere. We'll tell you about more about what he's doing. But, uh, Brian, welcome into It's Always Game Day in Buffalo with Salamat. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, guys. Good to be with you. It's, uh, you know, just a fun time of the year for every team and everybody that's a part of this uh, machine of the NFL. It's just a, a really good time leading up to the draft in two weeks. So Baldy, you know, he was diving into tape before we had the conversation. So he and his in the cuddle in the huddle co-host Jason Lockenfora, they're hosting the Odyssey NFL draft special. That's on Thursday, April 27, 7 o'clock Eastern. That's going to be through the entirety of the first round, streaming live on the Odyssey app and sports YouTube page. So Baldy, before we get to the draft, I know that's what a lot of people want to know about. We got to ask you some specific Bills questions. And I'm going to lead off. Did Diggs ever take you up on watching film? Did you break down the film with Diggs? No, I never did. I mean, I, I, I assumed that's what he wanted to do. I didn't think it had anything else to do with anything else, although the people that sort of chimed in, um, which were a lot, uh, <laughs> I think they thought maybe he was thinking about doing something else. But I just assumed the way I sat down with Devontae Adams and Amari Cooper and different guys around the league, that that's what he wanted to do. He, and I, And I, you know, when he sent me that little note uh, via Twitter, I actually started pulling plays, you know, routes and guys he beats and how he sets guys up and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I, I started pulling plays going back to Minnesota. And um, so I was ready if you wanted to sit down. Well, we appreciate you coming here. And I know that uh, Bills fans appreciate all your breakdowns on Twitter. And I'm sure Stefan Diggs appreciates it. That's why he reached out to you. Sal Capaccio, Matt Bove, WGR Sports Radio 550, WKBW-TV, Channel 7 in Buffalo. And, of course, Brian Baldinger, Odyssey NFL Insider. All right, on that note, Stefan Diggs, it wasn't long ago where nobody wanted to come to Buffalo, Brian. I mean, you know you know about it, right? It was to say this is a kind of a wasteland of a spot to go to in the NFL as far as the team wasn't very good for 20 years, but that's changed. And I think it really kind of signified the change with Stefan Diggs' arrival to Buffalo back in 2020. And really this organization they've built back in 2017, they started it with Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean. From what you've witnessed from the outside for the last six years of this organization, this regime, and where they were and where they've been to, 
can you kind of give us just a, a rundown of well, your thoughts overall on the organization and where they are now? I remember being up in Rochester this past summer during training camp, and they had a scrimmage that day, and I'm, I'm pretty good friends with some of the coaches. So I saw Aaron Cromer and Leslie Frazier and different guys I've, I've known a long time. And I, and I remember just, you know, we were doing a show out there for the NFL Network, and, you know, Josh came over and said hello, and, you know, we talked to a bunch of different guys. And I thought, and I remember talking to Von Miller after the end of practice, and I was like, this is maybe the most fun of any that any team is having in this whole league. Like I just the way that the camaraderie, the way that they got along, the way that they competed in practice. Um, like it just looked like that's what you know an NFL franchise should look like from the outside. Now, I'm not inside the locker room and going to meetings, but you know, just from the outside, like guys having a good time, practice hard, uh, got a real good leader in Sean McDermott. Um, I just thought it was what you want your NFL franchise to be like um, just from the way that it was constructed to the coaches, to the work ethic, you know, to the production. Uh, you know, I thought, I thought they had it all right there. It's funny because the buzzword for the last five, six years has always been culture. And I think sometimes people scoff at it. They're like, okay, we get it. Culture that matters to you guys. But I mean, you're following the entire league. It feels like it really does matter. You need to have a good culture to be successful. You can feel it. You really can feel it. You go to some places and you go, boy, when's the change going to happen here? Because they need it. I mean, you can feel it. It's it's palpable. And, you know, I mean, I, I know some of the guys, Deion Dawkins, I've known a long time, different guys on the team. But that that place just, it feels special. It feels different. I mean, the Bills Mafia thing is real. The interaction with their fan base and the players and the team is real. Um, the way that they kind of rally around certain things that have happened up in Buffalo and the way the players support some of the, you know, social things that have gone on in Buffalo. Like that's, that's a real community. And it's, uh, it's not like that everywhere. I mean, I'm in Philly. It's very much like that here in Philadelphia, but there's a lot of teams that are trying to get there and they're just not there. Well, Baldy, you mentioned it, the community, you know, I mean, as someone who's on the sidelines for every game, I travel with the team. I, I felt it last year, all of the different, circumstances that this organization went through we can go all the way back to almost a year ago now actually yeah. the uh the the racist mass shooting that occurred at the supermarket and then of yeah. course you had the issue um the medical issue with kim pagula and then we had the weather and the change of game had to go to detroit then you had the blizzard here in buffalo that killed over 40 people because people were freezing to death in their car and then the demar hamlin situation i could go on and on i felt at the end of the year that this team kind of ran out of gas but it's not that simple of course people want more reasons why didn't they beat the Bengals? what went wrong how much of it was, hey, this team just – they had nothing left to give versus they just weren't at the level of the Cincinnati Bengals? It, you know, that's hard, to, that's hard to answer. I mean, you could certainly put all the things that you just listed and go, that would be a good excuse. Except, you know, players don't want excuses. You know, they, they did not play well against Cincinnati. They had a home game. The fans were vastly disappointed. Um, it was not a good performance. They couldn't get the ball down the field to save their life. Um you know, I thought I thought they got beat badly in the trenches that day. You know, you look at Josh Allen under pressure. Um, you pick a pick a guy. I mean, across the, whether it was Bates or Dawkins, pick a guy. They all got beat. You know, at some point, and Cincinnati was was on them, and they just. Uh, I know Deion, You know, I know Stefan was was frustrated. I'm sure he wasn't the only one frustrated, but like they could not function, and it was Bills weather, the, everything, and they could not. They did not win the line of scrimmage that day.
offensively or defensively. And to me, if you want to say, okay, um, what what went wrong? That's what went wrong. And you, if you want to be honest with yourself, you go, we got to get better in the trenches. And they have to get better in the trenches. So besides bringing Jordan Poyer back, which I think kind of caught us all by surprise, I think most of us thought that he was going to end up signing elsewhere. The biggest move the Bills have made this offseason, not a huge splash, but Connor McGovern coming over. Now you've got another solid offensive lineman, but it doesn't feel like they made any massive splashes. It's a lot of these secondary moves. Do you think that that's the right approach? Do you think that this is going to be enough to keep them in that upper tier with the other best teams in the league? Well, I mean, you have to include, you know, you know, re-signing Matt Milano. You know, they, they, they had to make a choice. Tremaine Edmonds, what are they going to do? And he got a big contract out there. So uh, you let a guy like that who's been, you know, the one thing about Buffalo and Sean McDermott, Leslie Frazier, this has been literally kind of a pre-free agency defense. I mean, for the most part, I know Von Miller came in, they drafted Rousseau, whatever. But for the most part, you know, Hyde and Poyer and Tredavious and, Edmonds and Milano. I mean, these guys lined up every Sunday, you know, for the better part of this entire rebuild that they've had. And, you know, they, they, they really have been rewarding their own players and playing within a system, Taron Johnson. I mean, all the guys that are there and, you know, maybe, maybe some changes are coming, uh, you know, via the draft and, you know, Leslie's not coming back this year. I think it's going to be a bigger loss than what people think. Um, just because of the amount of respect that he commanded uh, throughout that locker room. Uh, we'll see. I don't know that to be a fact yet, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, up until that playoff loss to Cincinnati and it was, you know, that's, that's a loss. Now that's, mm-hmm. that's not okay. Going to Kansas city and getting beaten overtime. That's, that's a bad loss. And so is, cause I've always thought once they got Josh and they just kept building around Josh, that this thing kept building, building, and building. You know, you had difficult losses to Kansas City to end the season, but it's it's Mahomes, it's Kansas City. Okay. And then this thing happened this year. And you go, all right, is this is have they seen the zenith of the build? And now what do they need to do to get past that? You know, and not, and I don't want to throw this the silly phrase of is the window closing? No, Josh is still there, the core is there, but they've got to find a way to to make a leap here right now. And, you know, Josh had far too many turnovers last year. What is that because of? Is there just, does he have to create all the time as much as he does? Those are, you know, questions that if I was Josh, you know, if I was, um, you know, the Bills, I, I'd be asking a lot of those questions right now going into the draft. Well, they do still have Josh Allen. We know he's one of the top in the top quarterbacks in the league. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about receiver outside of Stephon Diggs, what Gabe Davis can be as a number two. Did he live up to what they thought last year? Then they go out and they get Trent Sherfield, Deontay Hardy. They still have Khalil Shakir. What about those skill position players? What about those guys around Josh Allen to elevate it? Matt just touched on Connor McGovern and trying to protect Josh a little bit more. But how about the skill guys that Josh can throw to? Are they on the level or do they need to address this again here as the offseason rolls on, especially in the draft? Well, we got to see what Shakir can be. I mean, we don't know. Um, so, you know, rookie year, got a chance when, you know, McKenzie kind of went sideways on him. So he got a chance to, you know, get on the field. We got to see what most players make their biggest leap between the first and second year. So I like to, I like to see, you know, what he could do in that case. Trent Sherfield is a guy that can run. He's got speed. Um, was probably the third guy in San Francisco. 
when he was there, probably the fourth guy in Miami last year. So he's never had to be the guy. I'm not saying he can't be, but he's never been in that position. If you said, okay, is Gabriel Davis the number two or is there a competition for the number two? I don't know that Trent Sherfield could beat him out uh, for that spot right now. I've seen flashes of Gabriel two years ago. Look like he, you know, he had arrived. And then we didn't see it last year. So uh, there seems to be a lot of question marks around that that group right now. And I think there's Stefan Diggs. And then what else do we have? I mean, you know, they, they brought back, you know, certain players last year uh, to play the slot. It seems like a position of need. There's a lot of, to me, this is a slot receiver draft. That's what they all look like to me, whether it's Jackson Smith and Jigba or Jordan Addison or Zay Flowers or Josh Allen. They all look like slot receivers to me. Like, is this a year that they, with the 27th pick, take one of those guys and just go, let's just go young. Let's put them in the fold here. Let's put them in the slot. Let's go. And that is the perfect segue because coming up after a short break, we're going to talk about the draft and which position they should be going to. 